Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I am honored to be here coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Now, it is Thursday, June 18th, 2020, and we're kicking off the day of United Fresh Live with Get Fit Yoga. That's right. You might have recognized some of the positions, mountain pose, corpse pose, warrior pose. That's right. I know a little bit about yoga. And then at 10 a.m., we move into Coffee Talk that covered things such as developing effective produce safety leaders, sustainable packaging, and keeping fresh in schools in a COVID-19 world. And then we get to talk into our workshops, thinking about communicating through a crisis, retail partners' perspectives on value of CEA production, school meals during COVID-19, smarter food, and more. So today was jam-packed all the way through the morning sessions leading up to the general session for the retail and food service, which gave 25 retail produce manager awards, as well as nine produce excellence in food service awards that went to some chefs that we're going to talk about a little later. Now, also, one of these retail produce manager award winners came from a town that I used to live in. I also went to college in this town. So we're going to give a special shout out to this person in that specific town coming up on the show today. So how's everything been going for you? I spent some time last night doing some of the trivia. I actually did it a few times. My wife got involved. She was looking at it because there were some questions that I didn't know. So I was like, hey, Renee, could you help me with this? And then some of the puzzles we looked at, um, I'm only through three of them right now, but the kids had a lot of fun helping with them. I I don't know how some people are getting these 48,000 and uh, 47,000. I mean, kudos to you. You can do these puzzles pretty darn fast. And I think it was a good idea to put these puzzles in there. So that's how I've been kind of going with through my time. As well as, you know, let's talk about housekeeping. I saw a post the other night that said about spamming people's boots. You know, that's a good comment because, you know, in this time right now, the COVID-19 era, right, where we are also, right, learning about what is going on, we got to understand that we can't just go on and spam all the booths. And and you know what? I'm going to take blame for it. I did it the first couple of days. You know what? There's a lot of change going on within our industry. So we got to have a little bit of empathy on that and just start to tell people and say, hey, this is some tips on how you use this. So I'm also going to go over five tips on how to navigate the United Fresh Live site to better help. And I know we're in the last day of this, but it's taken a couple days just to understand what the site is also bringing. So it might be a little disruptive all the way until now, but hopefully some of these tips will be able to really help you uh, for the next couple months. And I was corrected, by the way. I said seven months the portal was open for. I apologize. September 1st, 2020 is how long the portal is open for. So I retract my statement from earlier because I got new facts and I apologize for anyone that said, hey, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Hey, we all get fact checked. I took the information. I put the correct information out on the line for everybody to hear. So we appreciate that. So let's get in to coffee talk. 
So it's 10 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, and I'm getting ready to jump into Coffee Talk with Alex DiNievo, I hope I'm saying that right, with DNO, and Phil Muir with Muir Cooper Family Farms. Now, it was interesting to learn more about these two. Um, we talked more of the salad bar. This was sustaining the gain, the keeping fresh in schools in a COVID-19 world. I thought it was important to learn more about this and understand what's happening. My wife's a teacher, so I get some insights on what's happening within some of the school districts. Um, Hillsborough County in Tampa, Florida is a huge school district and one of the largest in Florida as well. So I get some insights on what is happening. And listening to what uh, some of the school districts had to say, um, looks like my wife was pretty on point with that. Um, but we did get to hear from the president of DNO, Alex, uh, which he talked a little bit about his business being down. You know, 85% of his business was food service, but they were able to pivot with grab-and-go items, uh, fresh deliveries, and he said they have a meal distribution up to a 500-mile radius outside of Columbus, Ohio. So pretty cool thing. But what will be the products next year if there is no salad bar inside of schools? Uh, what we decide to do? Uh, the leafy greens will go away. Uh, some of these other items that they talk about that can't be packaged or haven't been packaged yet will go away. Um, how will this affect the supply chain? Um, will we start seeing decreases of these products in the stores? Uh, will we start seeing product waste? So these were all questions that came up. Heck, even budgets came up because if we go to more prepackaged goods, that means cost is going to go through the roof. That means someone's going to have to get a different budget aligned from just buying fresh produce because now it's more value added. There's more along the supply chain. So there was a lot of great questions. What will next year's school lunch look like at schools? Uh, there was recommendations that they're going to be, you know, five days on for some kids, five days off having split right classrooms of homeschooling versus in schooling and then that this are you know that's how they're going to work it so kids will be in the lunchroom but it's going to be 12 to 15 kids instead of having the 20 to 30 kids uh, that's traditionally there um, you know there were some shout outs to get fresh how they keep local staff on board to be able to provide for the school levels and be able to cut pros uh, and delivering it locally right on hand you know, there are plans to serve schools on more local levels, and I think that's going to happen more and more. So one other question that was also proposed was, how do we make sure that produce stays in school? I think produce has to stay in school. Um, I think it always has to. My wife's a teacher, and she understands it. Uh, the things that she, they get, the nutrients they get, you know, they see more kids eating carrots and more kids eating and drinking apples and apple juice, and they see it more and more and more. Heck, as my daughter started going to daycare, we saw her eating more than she would eat at home. Because, again, that human-to-human -human interaction, the kids, right, even us as adults, uh, we tend to do other things as well. So if we see our friends eating a bunch of salad over there, we are. We're going to try it, right? We're going to say, hey, what's going on over there, right? Uh, now, remember, let's not think outside the box and go outside to other influences. But, yes, we'd like to be able to say, hey, I'm eating healthy and I'm eating smart as well so that took a lot of my time i thought that that program was very cool but guess what like we said a lot of this is going to be on demand sorry all of this is going to be on demand so you will be able to catch the other coffee talks the sustaining the gains uh sustainable packaging developing effective produce safety leaders and more when this is on demand. So before we get started on our workshops, let's hear a little more from Shea Meyer at Owyhee Produce. 
Did you know that National Onion Day is June 27, 2020? Let's hear from one of our sponsors, Shay Myers with the Why He Produce. Hey guys, Shay with the Why He coming to you from our California operations here in Los Banos, California. And you did you know that June 27th is National Onion Day? That's right. June the 27th is the day of the onion. So what can I tell you about onions that you maybe don't know? Well, the trick that I'm going to tell you for the summer, don't tell everyone because I'll get in trouble, is every yellow onion in the summertime is a sweet onion. Save yourself some money. So get those onions, chop them up, eat them raw, and enjoy your sweet onion. Enjoy National Onion Day, and take care. We'll see you. And now back to the Produce Industry Podcast. It's always great to hear from Shane Meyer of Oahe Produce, who also won Produce Man of the Year. So congrats, Shay. We appreciate your service in the produce industry, my friend. So let's get on to workshops and talk about what were you in today? Communicating through a crisis? Retail partners perspective on value? CEA production? School meals during COVID-19? Smarter food safety? Big data? And predictive analytics? Specialties and exotics? What new? From around the world. So I decided today to join the retail partners perspective on value of CEA production. Okay, so some of our guest speakers today were uh, VP of sales at, and now you know, uh, Wit. We had president and CEO of the giant company, uh, Nick Bertram. We had the VP and GM of Castellini Company, Greg uh, Kirklian. And uh, VP and GM of Four Seasons Produce, uh, Jonathan Steffi. You know, I apologize. I think your last name is Grebatus. I apologize if I mess that up, man. Um, but yeah, so they talked a little bit about retail uh, perspective, which I thought was really cool. Um, the giant team was on there. Uh, they're very proud of their produce department. It's always interesting to see how retailers treat their departments because as a consumer, we walk in every day, and it's like a business sometimes. We're trying to get in and out of there. Um, we see the stores, shelves being stocked. Um, but do we notice how much they put on it? Now, as someone in the produce and supply chain industry, oh, I notice it. Uh, but I'm just saying, you know, as do consumers do, and I think Giant takes a huge part in helping their consumers see their department, their corner store offering. You know, this is a signature department that they have. And one thing Giant said was they treasure their farmer relationships. Uh, very innovative, disciplined people that are always growing. Uh, so we appreciate that from Nick uh, Bertram at the uh, the Giant Company because everybody in the produce and supply chain industry sooner or later is getting to where they need to be, changing the way they need to do business, and coming up with creative, innovative ways to go into the future. So yes, now. One thing that was also said during this time was consumers are looking to purchase local and there is a demand for that. So for an independent retailer, they have to see these trends and be able to have a buying arm, right, for these local growers and be that final arm provider to the consumer through the retail outlet. That was pretty powerful words. Think about it. I mean, they're being the last arm provider to the consumer, and the consumer is us. We are the consumer. Think about it. Uh, everybody eats, and especially as fresh produce people, we eat more fresh produce than anybody, right? We love eating those uh, those pretty babies, right? They're all diamonds. We love eating our diamonds. That's what they are. So it was pretty cool. 
And then also some of the questions that were asked was about around leafy greens and how to get leafy green products on the shelves and, you know, how they're disruptive and, you know, how to find partners in the distribution channel because there's a lot of things in this industry that people don't understand. And one thing I can tell you is, is that brokers are used a lot to find fruit. And everybody's going to say, what? Well, the brokers is a situation that they say will go away and will come back. Um, I've seen it all throughout my career. It's an up and down. But there's brokers that do a lot of good things for a lot of different companies. And these broker models are here. The distribution models are here. You don't always have to go directly to the farm. you got to find someone that is directly in your line of path with a farm that can do business with you in the way you need. Because you might not be in the direct need or that direct correlation with the farm. You might need someone in the middle to help out. Um, other things that were talked about um, were scientific research that could lead the market, right? So how, how can that lead a market? How can we look at innovative ways um, through creativity, through our field uh, services? Um, how do we develop new ways of advertising and marketing within the stores um, through different outlets and different channels and how people are starting to buy? So it, it was just really interesting, and I stayed in this one the entire time as well. Now, again, there were other ones, and I felt that I did good because I was in two school meals um, you know, during the COVID-19 uh, workshops. So I've been a part of that. I've been a lot uh, participating in most of these workshops and seeing them on demand. But the smarter food safety, big data, and predictive analytics is going to be one I am waiting to come on demand to watch, especially the specialties and exotics. So if you didn't get a chance, they're coming on demand, they're in the process of archiving, and they're going to be uploaded, ready to watch for you all the way through, ready, September 1st, 2020. Now that's right, September 1st, 2020. So next, we're going to talk about the Retail Food Service General Session. It was live. We had people like Steve said, the CEO of Fresh Edge. We had the Dole president overlooking and giving us a nice introduction. We had Lisa Overman. We had a lot of different people here that were talking about our industry. Now, the one thing that we did get was recognition. A lot of recognition was given to our retail partners. And during this retail food service general session, they went through the award ceremony of these partners, right? There was 25 awardees, like I said earlier, 25, you heard it, retail produce managers that won awards. Now, we're not going to spoil it for and go through every single one because you should have been on the call today, the Zoom call. And if you missed it, you can check it out a little bit later. But you know what we are going to do? I told you that there was someone on here that was from a town that I used to live in. So I, in 2005, moved back to where my father lived in California, which was a little town called Visalia, California. And in Visalia, California, if anybody knows it, it's a small town, a little bit under 200,000 people. The next largest town is Fresno North, about 48 miles. And the next uh, largest town south is about 50 miles, which is Bakersfield. But Visalia, California is where I went to school at College of the Sequoias. And then traveling that 48 minutes north, I went to Fresno State University as well, uh, buying my first home in Exeter, California. Now, still to this day, my family lives in Visalia, California, so I still have very close ties as well as a lot of partners in that Central Valley of California. But let's give a big shout out to Gabrielle. 
uh, Cabrera of Grocery Outlet of Visalia, California, all right, for winning one of the top 25 Retail Produce Manager Awards. And you want to know what's crazy is, is I'm listening to all this and everybody's giving praise. I'm going, man, I didn't know what they won. So I just think they're getting an award and then all of a sudden it, it beams out. Big shout out, right? We're going to say congratulations to our Retail Produce Manager Awards and you're going to get $1,000. What? $1,000. So that was crazy. And then they did the Produce Excellence in Food Service Awards, but there was nine special chefs that were awarded in this process as well. So that was even interesting. Now, I didn't know any of the chefs personally. There was Chef uh, Laura Gomez. Um, there was Chef Bruce. Uh, there was Chef Smith. There was a few of them that I can see right off the bat. But I didn't know them personally. But then on top of that, they then got another award. And I was like, okay, well, what are they going to get? They also got another chunk of money. So the big announcement, 25 people have gone above and beyond in this special time of need. These 25 managers from retail received $1,000. And then the others that were picked in the grand prize won another $1,000 with a total of $2,000 that each participant won. Now, it was very cool listening to these chefs talk about their passion and how they love food, how they love the kitchen, creating new experience, uh, seeing some of the retail partners at the store. It was really cool to see a lot of their coworkers cheering them on. You know, they're part of our industry. They're the front line of our industry, and people don't realize that. And I'm glad that we were able to be seen that way, right? I mean, I think that was very, very cool. Some of these stories um, were from people that were telling that, you know, mom told them they weren't allowed in the kitchen and that's what inspired them to be a chef. Or maybe mom or dad didn't cook that well and they decided to be a chef because they were tired of eating nasty food and wanted to create something new for themselves. So I was thought it was really cool um, that they put this on today and awarded these 25 retail produce managers as well as the produce excellence award in food service i thought that was really cool i think that's a way to very much differentiate ourselves in the industry and again some of those retail managers would not have been able to get out to united fresh as tom stencil said when he went and visited some of them in some of those videos they wouldn't have been able to be there and now that they were here virtually i think it made a very very big impact in the way we do business and it showed how much they are a part of us. So let's go ahead and give a round of applause to the retail and food service general session today, giving all those awards out to all the special people and hard workers in our industry. I mean, listen, this is the vibe I got when I was on the Zoom call today. Again, I appreciate all the frontline workers. Even when I was a kid, I worked at retail stores. So take it all in. This is for you, and we congratulate you, and thank you for being a part of the produce and supply chain industry. So as we move on and go into the rest of the day, one to four again is the booth showcase it's time to go see the exhibitors it's time to see what's on the floor and it's time to have a really good day now i decided to keep digging through the booths and create value to create relationships because again 
I did see that post last night that talked about spamming people's feeds and chat boxes. Again, I took the blame. I did this as well. Yes, I was looking at some of the booths, but one of the insights I found was is that the exhibitors can see how long you stay at their booth. So if you're going to just uh, control paste, right? Control V, control V, putting things in there, they're gonna see that. And again, I took blame for that. So today I went around and tried to make more authentic conversation, staying at people's booths a little bit longer. And I think that's what's great. Now, I think we don't need to get heated up about this. I think we need to have empathy over it and provide good rules and tips on how to do that. So I think this is a perfect time to talk about five tips on navigating through the site. All right, let's talk about some of these five tips, okay? So when we talk about five tips, I talked to United Fresh, looked at some of the help desk questions and realized what we can do to help be more proactive during this time. So let's go over our five quick tips. Number one, be proactive in communicating. Exhibitors and attendees alike should explore all the messaging and chat capabilities of the platform. Quick tip number two, ask questions. The platform is built to inform exhibitors, especially who are eager to talk about their businesses. Use their public in-booth chat to engage with them. Tip number three, get comfortable with being seen. The success of the coffee talks and networking receptions really, really shows your participation. Start your video and introduce yourself. Quick tip number four, go at your own pace. United Fresh Live is online 24-7 until September 1st, 2020. That's right, general sessions, workshops, and some coffee talks are available on demand with 24 hours of taking place material. So make your own schedule and engage when it's convenient for you. And quick tip number five, get to know United Fresh. Use the industry association behind the platform is a member-based trade association. So we have four booths across the expo, each offering specific insights across for all resources. United Fresh member services and programs, United Fresh food safety, United Fresh government relations, and the United Fresh Start Foundation, which is a 5013C. So look, there are five tips that'll help you in navigating the site. So no, not everyone needs to get a booth. We just need to collectively work together. And that's right, I talk about it a lot. Helping everyone thrive in life and work. So we need to be more authentic in how we connect, how our comments on. Um, listen, this is a learning process for everyone and we could all take criticism, constructive criticism, and compliments, right? So let's work together, get some compliments out there, ask qualifying questions, and reach out authentically, right? So did you see that there was another little Easter egg pop-up session? There was a new breakout. So uh, Michael, the president of Pal Baldor, Paldor, Baldor uh, was in this opening session, asked how everybody was doing, kind of looked at the lining of the showcase, asked everybody how the participation was going. There was a lot of fives around the room saying the participation was there, they liked the show, and they liked everything that was going on. Everyone from Lori Taylor, Steve Greenfield, John Toner, Howard Kega, Chris Seaman, I mean, Jay Beyond, there was so many people, new faces that I've seen, uh, relevant faces that I've seen, but you know what's cool is, and what's nice about this is, is these virtually networking events, you know, are for you. They're all for you, and that's what was told today. So if you want to be here and you're here, 
turn your video on and let's have a conversation, right? That's what it's all about is networking, communicating, listening, and learning. And I want to learn from you. So if you're interested in being on the podcast or talking about your subject matter expertise uh, within the produce and supply chain world, I would love to hear from you. Reach out to me at theproduceindustrypodcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in supporting the uh, Produce Industry Podcast, check out on our anchor.fm feed, the Produce Industry Podcast uh, backslash support. You can check out how you can support the podcast and how we're growing in new ways. So listen here. We talked about topics such as my podcast today that was really cool. Now, we were in a chat room and someone asked me, they said, Patrick, um, wait, aren't you the gentleman that has a podcast? You know, how do we get into this? And this was an important conversation because, and listen, I'm not bringing this up because I have a podcast because I think it's interesting that everyone should know podcasting is good. It's learning. It's like an ebook. Learn to find podcasts that help educate you and you enjoy in your life. Don't listen to it because you have to listen to it because you want to. It's relevant information. It helps you learn, it helps you grow, and you like it. So that's what we talked about today too. We talked about how to learn in new ways, right? And then getting ready for the United First Live celebration uh, with Spirits United was coming up. But there was a lot of cool talk that I really liked today. And it was very, very interesting to me uh, to see that a lot of people are listening to the podcast. And I greatly and genuinely appreciate every single one of you. And I do get to see the platform and the analytics and how it's growing. So again, thank you so much for everybody that has been joining us in this entire United Fresh live coverage. And we will see you next at the reception. Welcome to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard or Eastern Daylight Time, and we are in the last hour of United Fresh Day 4 live coverage. So today, we are at the United Fresh Live celebration, a Spirits United Toast with United Fresh Produce Association. So I'm going to read a little bit. As we begin to wrap up United Fresh 2020 Live, let's bring our whole community together for a toast to the essential workers bringing fresh produce to people around the world. That's right. We all toasted. We raised a glass to salute everyone within our industry. And we promised to make it fun, right? So today, we did. And I thought I did too, giving some cool insights and five tips on how to work better within the United Fresh Live campaign. And I want to be honest here. Those five tips came from Mary Coppola of the United Fresh Association. So please reach out and thank her for those five awesome tips. They're going to help you move forward through September 1st, 2020. So guess what? Today, we've got a special guest, Elizabeth Carmel, that I'm not going to have on, but the United Fresh Celebration did. She was going to be making a gin hibiscus spritz. It had... I think about one full ounce of gin and about a half ounce of hibiscus, but check it out. Once this comes on demand, you'll be able to get the link and get the exact ingredients to make this drink. She also said things I really enjoyed. Ready? Super, super delicious. Fantastic. Ooh-wee. I love this stuff. So fruit and veggie recipes galore. I mean, think about it. She invited us to her kitchen to make this delicious drink and meal for us, right? Now, the cucumber refrigerator pickle was quite interesting to me. Now, I'm a fan of cucumber, but I'm not a fan of pickled. 
pickled anything, to be honest with you. So I might have to try it, give my taste buds a whirl for their money, but I guarantee I'm trying it very, very soon. Now, I'm not going to spoil dessert. Now, I will give you a little bit of taste. It could be some type of strawberry uh, shortcake, but re-entered by Elizabeth. She makes something very different. But I suggest you take a look and watch and wait to see when it's on demand, if it makes it to demand, what the dessert was. But guess what? I guarantee you, you are going to love it. And then guess what we did? In this virtual world we're in, trying to get a tour of a facility is like pulling teeth, right? Because of COVID? Well, guess what? We went on a uh, distilled spirits company tour. We got to see the distilleries. We got to see some of the old antiques that were in the distillery. And we got to see some of the team members that bring gin to this world. How they make gin. What do they put into gin. And all these different things. So for the last day or to the last day of United Fresh, we are wrapping up the session. Tomorrow is a half day. We are going to have more interviews tomorrow night because they are set up today. I want to give everybody a little bit of a break on hearing from the exhibitors and attendees. But we will hear more from them tomorrow, and I think it's going to be great. Tomorrow we have a cool day. Remember, ready? If you're ready for the morning, there's going to be the Get Fit Tornado along with the coffee shops and the workshops. So I appreciate everybody joining me for United Fresh live coverage day four and we will see you tomorrow friday june 19 2020 you've been listening to the produce industry podcast with patrick kelly be sure to subscribe on itunes or anchor to get new fresh weekly episodes for more please follow us on instagram and facebook at the produce industry podcast until next time see you in the fields or on the horizon